Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better, you really can do it. But nobody is going to do it for you. And nobody has to because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great. Welcome to Panther Puri, the podcast where we're supposed to talk Panthers hockey, but sometimes we don't. Here are your hosts, Alex Lopez, Jake Langsam, and TJ Peterson. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Panther Puri. I'm your host, Jacob Langsam. Here with me, as always, are my co-hosts, Alex Lopez and TJ Peterson. And, uh, fuck, I had an opening... And I totally just lost it. I don't like the Panthers every game they play. Oh, God. And I we... was hoping that we would just ignore that. Let's, let's, let's start with the U.S. men's national team. Because that's good feelings. That's an actual winner. And I'm pretty sure that 90% of the people that are listening to this do care about I remember that. what my opening was going to be. It was going to be about Spotify wrapped and Apple Music replay. Okay, my Spotify rep for two years in a row hasn't worked. This is some bullshit. It just gives me a blank thing. And then when I, I finally got someone on service, like last year I couldn't. This year, they were just like, oh, you're not eligible for Spotify wrapped. And I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? There like, are eligibility requirements? Yeah, they're like, oh, you have to have listened to five different artists for at least 30 seconds. And I'm like, I've listened to at least 50 different podcasts for hundreds, hundreds of hours each. Like, what the fuck? The podcasts and, count for Spotify yes. Wrapped? Podcast yes. Wrapped. yes, podcasts do count for Spotify Wrapped. Oh, that's hilarious. It's like, I want to know. I want to know like how many hours I spent listening to different podcasts slash how many hours I spent listening to myself on this podcast. Shout out to the people that uh, had us in their podcast wrapped. Very clutch. Do we know of I, those? Yes. I, I posted Sick. a tweet asking for people to show us uh, their screenshots. So... Some of them will definitely be getting some swag. Yeah, I was going to say, whoever has the most needs to get some kind of swag. That will definitely be happening. But yeah, like I said, uh, let's talk about the sports that everybody's here to listen to us talk about. And that, of course, is the U.S. men's national team in the World Cup, who beat Iran 1-0 and advanced to the round of 16. Boys, we're hyped. Yeah, that was a really fun game. Pulisic literally gave his left nut for his country. (laughs) He might he might not be able to have children anymore, but it's okay because he's America's daddy. Well, actually, he's Iran's daddy. Yes. Can we just? I I really don't want to spend too much time on soccer because we're recording this late and I'm exhausted. And also, we, we talked about soccer last week. But can no, we? We're talk- talking about soccer this whole time. It's the World Cup. We're talking about it till it's over. But it's the can, World Cup. I know. But can we talk for a second? How ridiculous the pregame interview uh pregame press conferences were oh my god (laughs) like the iranian reporter who asked tyler adams why are you so worried about our country when you have racism in your own (laughs) yeah or uh greg borhalter getting asked about military tactics why there's a a u.s (laughs) aircraft carrier 
in like the the Bering Strait or what some ocean near Iran. Excuse me, Iran, because we if we say Iran, it's yeah. That was one thing was like, you know, they they were saying to Tyler Adams, and I mean, look, that's the way that they wanted to be pronounced, so I I get it, but like. They were. They were. I did like, think it was funny really? that Tyler Adams seemed to be like actively trying not to say it. He kept saying "your country" instead <laughs> yeah, exactly. of "Iran." Like that was yeah. an active effort to not mess it up again. Yeah, he. I, I think he honestly wanted to like practice because like his post game interview yesterday, he said "Iran" correctly the whole time, and I was honestly, I was kind of good for him. The post. No, I was hoping the post game interviews would just be like, yeah, like. Hard eye Iran, like just completely shoving it in their faces for how ridiculous those reporters no. were being. No, it was good yeah, for him like, for getting it right after the What's game. in common with like a flock of se- seagulls big hit in the 1980s and the round of 16 <laughs> in the World Cup? The similarity is Iran so far away. Ouch. But, <laughs> I mean, it was just so ridiculous. And, and I kind of want to bring it home with this point. If you you know why no one's talking about the Iran team press conferences because they don't talk, they don't call on women like it's literally fifa who chooses who gets to ask questions and they coddled the iran delegation like no questions from women when when there's a country dealing with a huge uh, rights crisis with their uh, women's rights crisis but no the women don't get to ask the the report the iran team any questions because that would offend them but like Hey, let's like go on ahead. Ask Greg Berhalter about military tactics. Tyler Adams about racism and discrimination in the United States. Like, like, come on, FIFA. I I'm surprised. I thought that FIFA was such an upstanding organization that would this never tolerate such such buffoonery. But uh, whatever. That's all past us. Uh, we're now going to be taking on Holland in the round of sixteen, and of course, Holland is the favorite. What do you mean but... taking on Holland? Norway didn't qualify. What? I don't think Norway's part of Holland. I'm so sad that my joke went over your head. Went over mine too. What? It, yeah. We can't play Holland because <laughs> Norway didn't oh, I qualify. Get it. I get it. I get it. He's he's talking about Erling Holland, who is Norwe- uh, the Norwegian striker, arguably yeah. the best striker in the world right now. Yeah, I, I honestly might be more scared of playing Erling Holland than I would be about playing Holland. See, I thought you were going to make a Holland Oates bit joke, but, you know. Nah. I guess I'm just too old. As someone who has a player career in FIFA 23 playing as essentially Erling Holland's uh, support, I'm going to make Erling Holland jokes. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, Jokes that only translate in an audio format because it is not spelled the same. Yeah. Just to finish up what I was saying, the Netherlands will be the favorites, but I kind of like our chances. I think there are a little bit of more hype than substance like it will be tough to score on them but uh the u.s will have plenty of the ball in the game i don't i don't know if they're going to be able to dominate it and we'll see who wins obviously yeah and and guys you know let's let's stay away from any jokes about holland because if there's one thing i don't like it's people who are intolerant of other people's culture (laughs) and the dutch and the dutch (laughs) and the dutch shout out to austin powers like shout out to michael kane specifically yeah, that was such a well-delivered line. Those movies do not hold up at all, but that that line... I disagree. Was... Really? Okay. I disagree strongly. They're parody. That's fine. And they That's are fine. still I... excellent parody. Oh, I, I think they're excellent parody. I, I just think in terms of like the humor itself, like a lot of it is, crosses a line that you could not cross anymore. 
even though I do. I don't know if I agree with that because the whole point of the of the series is to be over the top, but yes, poking and... fun at being over the top. Okay. Like it doesn't take itself seriously at all. It knows that it's joking. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. And have you guys been watching the World Cup otherwise? Any other observations? Yeah, sucks to suck, Mexico. <laughs> yeah. The only thing missing from that game today was it finishing Dos Acero, so we could have oh. the ultimate Dos Acero like every time. Yeah, that. I just I just gotta say, with the United States uh making it to the round of 16 and both Canada and Mexico being eliminated from their group, uh, I would like to take this moment to officially declare that the United States is the best North American country at soccer. Yep. It's it's indisputable. That's how this works. We got the furthest yeah. of the three. Yeah. And but I mean, they beat Mexico in the Gold Cup final. They beat them in the CONCACAF Nations League final, which like you may or may not think that that matters. But like that was the A team for Mexico and the A team for U.S. and U.S. won. So like we we own Mexico three times in a row, basically. Yeah. yeah. And Hat, you're just like, congrats. You guys did really well in qualifying. Congrats. <laughs> yeah, man. Can- Canada, like they got that. Did goal you just the- say Hat? Did yeah. you just actually refer to Canada as hat? That's all they are, is our hat. Yeah. <laughs> they got they got one more game left to potentially get their first ever World Cup point, and uh, kind of hoping that they do. But, I mean, I like Morocco also, who are they playing. I mean, they were uh, literally the first team eliminated from the whole tournament, even before oh, Qatar. No, Qatar was eliminated first, unfortunately for the Bants. Ah, oh, damn it. Oh, well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's just a, a factor of Qatar having played before them. But uh, yeah, like that was that was really rough. Like Croatia just pants them even after spotting them a goal in the second minute. They just completely pulled down and exposed their tiny manhood to the rest of the the literal world because everybody in the world is watching that. And they and I I wasn't rooting for it. I I was rooting for Canada, but they just got totally embarrassed. How dare you? Anyway, speaking of getting totally embarrassed, the Florida Panthers. Yeah, it's uh it's Sergey ugly Bobrovsky. right now. Sergey Bobrovsky in particular. Man, that was that was one of the worst goaltending performances I've ever seen. Alex, oh, yes. you're the goaltending expert. Walk us through it. It was so bad. I turned it off like 15 minutes in like with like 5 minutes left in the first period. I don't even think I saw the 3-0 goal. Like it was just that I mean I've seen the goals all now because I you know I had to prepare for the podcast, but like that was the first time in two plus seasons of Panthers hockey that I was just like, yeah, I'm not doing this tonight. Like, like if I missed the incredible comeback, I missed the incredible comeback, but like, I'm just not doing it. I'm way behind on Andor and watched Andor instead. (laughs) Yeah. I'm a little bit burned out on sports. Like if this was before the world cup where I'm not, cause I've been DVRing all the world cup games and watching them uh, after work most of the time. So I'm just like totally burned out on sports. Like I try to tune into the games, but last night, like you, I was like, you know what? I've I've had enough sports for the night after Calgary went up three nothing. So I watched the the highlights and I saw that fourth goal that Bob gave up that affirmed my decision Jesus. to turn the game off early. Yeah, my goodness. That fourth goal for as bad a performance as as the Panthers gave yesterday, the fourth goal that the Calgary Flames scored was maybe the worst goal I've ever seen Sergey Bobrovsky give up. Was it was it really that bad of a of a team performance? Because it really seemed like yeah. light, 
they weren't uh, good, but like uh, no. We'll, we'll talk about the team in the second. Let, 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 let me follow up on that goal because I am the quote unquote goalie guy of the podcast. I'm sorry, neither TJ nor I have a national championship under our belt as a goalie for a college team. Yeah, it's not even that. It's just someone who's actually put on pads for more than five minutes. Like, that's a peewee level goal to give up. Like, what are you doing, Bob? Like, I like I'm honestly struggling to put together words on what happened because it's like, is it a mental mistake? Like that puck was literally going to his chest and he like hit it with his glove and it ended up in the net and just decided to take a nap. Yeah. I I just, I don't. And look, we can not, I don't want to say make excuses because there's no excuses when your team is struggling, but last night was the third game in four nights with a West coast flight in the middle of it. That's a scheduled losses you're going to get, but Sergei Bobrovsky hadn't played in 10 days. He, I mean, you could call him a little rusty, but <laughs> he was probably well-rested. not going to play for another 10. But he was well-rested. What the fuck? Like, the team did not play well. They they did not deserve a point in either of the two games so far on this road trip. But, like, Bobrovsky gave them zero chance. Like, I mean, we're pretty much seeing it because Spencer started, what, like five of the last seven games? It seems like it's his net right now. Oh, totally. I mean, yeah. if it wasn't before, yeah. it's it absolutely is now. But like with a, you, with a performance like that, it's gotta be. But like you're getting less than nothing from Sergei Bobrovsky over the last three weeks. Like you can't yeah. play him, and that's a problem. What's his oh, goal above expected TJ right now? It's like negative it's like minus 15? fifteen. Yeah. It's yeah, like minus like fifteen point eight. I don't think it's quite awful. that bad, but it's pretty bad. According to Money Puck, it's minus eight point six in twelve games. Could have sworn I saw someone that was minus fifteen. Yeah, I mean, it's the, the worst TJ who text who tweeted that that oh, that overall the team has given up. Oh, the team. The team has given up uh, in the last seven games, which they're one, three, and three. They've given up about nineteen point nine expected goals in anything like any time they have a goalie in the net. So other than when they've pulled their goalie, they've given up 19.9 expected goals and given up 31 goals. Like that's look talking about everything else. It shouldn't be ignored because that, that makes up like, you know, a lot of the things that will continue to plague them because this hasn't, this goaltending has not been this bad all year, but the last seven games, talking about anything else, I think is missing the forest for the trees because they've scored more than three and a half goals per game. And yeah. there's only four teams in the league that do that on a regular basis that have more than three and a half goals per game this year. And we're we're pretty early in. One of those teams is Seattle, who's shooting like 13 and a half percent. That's a really easy way to get to whatever four goals a game that they get. And they got to nine last night in a, in a fucking crazy game. So, so like, look, you know, we could talk about the coaching. We could talk about the stalls and we can talk about, you know, Ekblad looking iffy and there's not Barkov and, you know, Reinhardt only has however many goals. Bennett only has however many goals, but the well, what- goaltending is what's, what's happening right now. Yeah, the goaltending is problem one, problem two, and problem three right now. 
And I mean, yeah, Spencer was excellent against Edmonton, but he also hasn't been spectacular. Like he was okay. The first game against the flames where they lost five, four in a shootout. I thought he was flat out bad in that game, by the way. Well, I I said, okay. And then I was going to say like, he was lost in the shootout. Like Mm -hmm. he, uh, I don't want to spend too much time on a game a week and a half ago, but like every single shootout where the, the uh, flames player came in fast um, night was slow and that's unacceptable. Like that's again, peewee level stuff. You match the speed of the skater when guys come in fast. That's the easiest thing to do is you match their speed and it's a much easier save. The hardest ones to stop are the guys who come in at a snail's pace and have all the stick handles and handles in the world to just, you know, absolutely embarrass you. But like when guys come in fast, like you match the speed, don't fall for the, the one D cause there's not enough time for two and you make the safe and night was really slow on every attempt, but yeah, goaltending is a real problem right now. Mm-hmm. And I like, did just notice something entirely off topic. Uh, we have a reverse Brandon Peary happening with our next opponent, Quinn Hughes in 19 games, zero goals, 21 assists. Yeah, but he's a defense. I mean, yes, he's an offensive defenseman, but he's still a defenseman. Like that's but not still zero goals. Yeah, for I get it for Quinn Hughes, but it's like, like you see those stats from defensemen relatively often. I feel like you don't see zero goals and twenty-one assists in nineteen games for I mean, a we, as talented as Quinn Hughes. I mean, we saw it from Joe Thornton at one point where he had like zero goals and forty-nine assists. <clears throat> Either way, uh, but I, like before before we talk about Vancouver, I didn't even realize Vancouver was the next opponent. I'm just so frustrated with this Florida Panthers. We're going to score one goal on them. Yeah. That's it. Thatcher Demko has been awful all season. going to regain his form. I have a statistical reason as to why. Go on. My statistical reason as to why we will only score one goal against the Vancouver Canucks uh, is predicated on our scoring from the last four games. Okay. The win against Boston, the Panthers had five goals. The loss to St. Louis, four. The <laughs> loss to Edmonton, three. The loss to Calgary, two. The Panthers have scored one less goal than the game before in each of the last four games. So don't bother tuning into the, what is it, Seattle game, because they're going to get shut out. That's yeah. correct. Um, <laughs> it's Look, it's, I'm just talking about statistical trends here. Yeah. yeah, you're 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 not wrong. And one and, and another number one thing that we need to talk about. Don't give me credit Cubs. for that. Are you are you kidding me, Alex? Of course I, I'm wrong. I, I'm transitioning. <laughs> the Vancouver Canucks today announced that Roberto Luongo would go into their ring of honor. They are not retiring his number one. I mean, what are you fine. doing? I, no, it's not. He is a Hall of Fame goaltender who had. I think it was seven amazing seasons for them. Okay, five amazing seasons, two mediocre ones. But he is their best goalie <laughs> in franchise history. He is a Hall of Famer. You retire the man's number. Wow, the Corey Schneider disrespect. Remember that? Remember when Corey yes, Schneider was yes. on the Canucks? I will happily disrespect Corey Schneider. Sorry, man. That's, that's but, the joke. Yeah. But... Remember, remember when that fan base melted down because they traded Corey Schneider instead of Luongo, and I think they got Bo Horvat. That trade kind of worked out for them. Did they get Horvat? Yeah, yeah, that like... was the trade. That was the trade really? they immediately drafted Bo Horvat. Yeah, yeah, that Block was one of Bergman's few few W's as a GM. But Corey Schneider was excellent as a Devil for a few wow. years. 
Yeah, he, he I think his injuries that caught up to him. But yeah, back on, he, back on topic, Florida Panthers. Corey Schneider for the ninth overall pick, and they took uh, Phil Horvath with him. Wow. I want to talk about Ekbe because you guys mentioned it, and it's been a topic of conversation that he is the slowest player on the ice. That knee is still a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Skating was, back never, was never a strong suit of his, but he just, he looks so slow. He is and, the slowest yeah. player on the ice. That includes Mark and Eric Stahl. Yeah. That's not ever like, I, I didn't even know that was possible. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you guys got to remember a strained knee is essentially torn ligaments. It's just not torn enough to require surgery. So mm. like Ekblad's not right. And he's honestly hurting the team right now. And I mm-hmm. don't think another LTIR stint would be the worst thing. No, he came back. Maybe you put Eckblad on LTIR to bring Duke back and then figure it out from there. Honestly, they might have to. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll talk about that towards the end. Another topic of conversation. I mean, George Richards has been talking about it a lot is I think the Panthers are finally realizing they made a mistake with the Stahl brothers in the sense that you signed two 35 plus year olds. And you can't, you can't scratch any of them, regardless of, of uh, skill level or whatever. It's like these guys are thirty-five plus; they are not meant to be playing eighty-two games straight anymore. And you cannot healthy scratch them to give them a night off because you're at the cap. Yeah. Oops. I now, wonder who could have possibly seen that being a bad idea. Now, there's one thing that I want to clear up. Like we need to walk this by cap friendly or puck PD or something. I remember there being a dialogue about everybody was saying, Oh, because they're 35 plus the stalls can't be buried and for cap relief. Correct. But I, I thought I saw some people saying that that only applies to multi-year deals. So I need to get, I need to get an answer to that. No cap friendly is already confirmed because people were asking about it. Um, when Balsers got set down, you could not, they could not send Stahl down to the AHL and bury his cap hit. Yep. I mean, okay. Then, then they, they should realize that is a mistake by now because the only thing they can do is terminate their contract and that would get rid of the cap hit. Oh, that, that would, that would get rid of the cap hit. Yes. I didn't even realize that they can terminate the contract and that would get rid of the cap hit. Well, do it, do it. If that if they've realized that they made a mistake, well, you know, I wouldn't have said this last year because I honestly like I think in the last few games, just the eye test is telling me that Eric Stahl is TJ pointed to his eyes while saying just the eye test. I don't know why I did that, but you guys got the idea. Um <laughs> I'm seeing Eric Stahl make a few nice passes and probably he should have a few primary assists by now. If he wasn't playing with terrible line mates who can't finish, which we should talk about that briefly. But after this, uh, if this was last year where they could healthy scratch Eric Stahl and, you know, try out some other line combination on the fourth line and see if they get dramatically better when he's removed, which could totally happen, but it might not. I mean, they then got I wouldn't be saying worse this. when he came in. So right. Right. Eric Stahl should have been in the Joe Thornton role. Like this was not, I mean, we should have seen this coming and like, look, you know, we can all like turn our noses up and say, Oh, look what you did. Zito. We saw it coming with Mark Stahl, but none, none of the three of us, if we're going to be fair said, Oh, Hey, you shouldn't sign sign Eric Stahl because you can't bury him and bring up guys. Like we didn't see that coming, but 
I literally didn't uh, know that I, they couldn't yeah. bury him. Yeah, but I didn't. Also, didn't know I, I, I'm not sure if that's right. I'm pretty sure my take on it at least was, I, I remember my my tweet immediately when the Panthers signed him was, cool, I like Eric Stahl. What do you do when Ekblad's healthy? Fair. That was my immediate response. Fair. I didn't think he'd be this bad, but my yeah. immediate reaction to signing Stahl was to bring up concern for how do you reactivate Aaron Ekblad now? Because yeah. you were at the cap with Ekblad, and now you just signed an extra player. Yeah, how no. do you bring Ekblad back? All right, so Jacob can take his victory lap. TJ, you and I, we didn't know the rule, so I guess it sucks for us, but... Yeah, I just thought that they were going to assign him to the minors sort of in like, and he would be back in the same situation he was in before he was signed. That was just what, that's what what I I figured. I thought there would be no way they would be stupid enough to be like Eric Stahl's better than Balsers and like Balsers is maybe not even like worth having in the NHL. I mean, Tampa Bay is not really using him and they don't really have 12 good forwards. So that tells you what they think of him. But at the same time, like I still think he's better than Eric Stahl. Right. So maybe Eric Stahl's going to be getting better and better as his, you know, tenure with the Panthers goes along. Cause like I said, he's the first 30, few games he's, were he's 38, not 20. No, no, no. But like the first few games he was here, he was so <laughs> noticeably bad. And the last few games, I don't think he's even been their worst player. Like I think he's been outside probably of the, the best fourth liner. Outside of the mental mistake on the PK that led to the McDavid breakaway. Yeah, which I is a very, very like, bad mistake, you know, not yeah, to just completely wipe some- it away. That's not something a 37-year-old with 20 plus 20 years of NHL experience or whatever should be making. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I think the problem is, is yes, TJ, you and I didn't see that, like we didn't know the rules. Bill Zito should have. And what Eric Stahl and Mark Stahl do is cripple your flexibility. Cause like you can't scrap, you can't you can't send them down to the like they knew they were gonna have to operate at 20 players. They, they should have been young guys who can either make it through an 82-game season or it should have been like, all right, hey, that 12-forward spot, that six-defensive spot, that's a that's a, ro- that's a rotating spot for our AHL guys. Like, yeah. one of you mm-hmm. earn it. Like, you know, yeah. Kierstead, you didn't earn it. Okay, you're out. Carlson, you're up. And then you just keep rotating through until you find someone that works. Like, you know, we got lucky with Josh Maher that there was a spot for him on opening night. But, like, you know, what if Kirsten was good in the few opportunities he got? But, like, what if Kirsten's much better than Mark Stahl, even though, yes, we all know he is? But, like, we can't find out. We can't find out if Kirsten can take over Mark Stahl's spot. We can't find out if Hepo Niemi or um, who's that guy that's from Finland who's been lighting on Le- Levchi. We can't yeah. find out if those guys can hold a spot is in the NHL. Or Swedish? No, Levchi is He's finished. Finish. He's absolutely finished. He was on temp- Tempere. He was on oh. Tempere whatever the team's called i'm sorry but i should really know this but but zito crippled crippled the ability to rotate guys through the bottom of the lineup mm-hmm. by signing these over 35 contracts you need I to know, know that, the cba yeah like i i just don't understand and i know that this is us saying it so it's 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 literally like the exact thing that you would expect us to say like if you were trying to make fun of us you would probably say something along these lines but like Zito comes in, he's working with, you know, the computer boys. And obviously those are, you know, our guys. We're always going to rep what they did. But, you know, the computer boys are like, go out and get Carter Verhage. You could pay him only a million dollars a year. He's a first liner. He does it. 
and they're completely right. Then what happens? He kicks the computer boys out, and it seems like the only people that he's listening to right now are 200 hockey men. Because look at the specifically at the one of them they're named making. Paul Maurice. I don't know if that's necessarily true though. Like I mean, <clears throat> no, no, we're Paul Maurice was Paul Maurice was not here when they traded a first round pick for Ben Chirac. Paul Maurice had nothing to sure. do with that. So the okay. so the you know the decision making has been not necessarily all bad because the Matthew Kachuk trade was questioned at the time, not by us. We thought it was a great idea, but it's been brilliant. Like the amount better that Matthew Kachuk has been than Jonathan Huberto is shocking. Yeah, I don't know, TJ. So much. Which one of them had two points last night? <laughs> I'm sorry, Jake. I should have considered that. I'm but sorry. Yeah. And the reality is like Josh Mahura, as far as much as we, you know, we fought over him, but like he's not he hasn't been as good as Weaker. He's but leveled like, off for sure. But he's been pretty good. Like yeah, I mean you, for you, a waiver claim. Even, even leveling off, he like he was the guy you needed. Right. Getting an NHL player out of Josh Mahura is what you wanted. He was exceptional in his first few weeks. He has he has leveled off a bit more recently. Yeah, well, I mean, the whole I still love has, him. The whole team has leveled off. Like the first couple of weeks of the season, yes, they have. Their analytics are nowhere near as good as they were the first few weeks of the season, where yeah, they were consistently not. having like seventy percent, you know, deserve to win a meter on money puck and losing because you know they got goalied or they just couldn't finish chances. Like you know, they yeah, got, but they got I personally. I personally think that's because the the schedule the schedule was so the schedule, strong. right? You're 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 not wrong. Like it's it's uh, not Panthers still lead the league in Corsi four per sixty. Uh, yeah, but again, that's fifth what... in the league in Corsi against per sixty, third in Corsi four percentage. Uh, yeah, even how a, much even of that, that is over the, the first few weeks? Second so in expected goals four per sixty. A bunch of it, Alex. To be fair, like you, you definitely have a point, but even even still, like in this last stretch, macro they level, they're much... still top three in a lot of major possession metrics. That's true, but I also want to say that, like in the last week or so, they're still outplaying their opponents on the whole. Like even after this stretch, where yes, they played Columbus, but the rest of the schedule was Calgary twice, Dallas, Edmonton. Boston and St. Louis, wherever you want to put them. I personally don't think they're good. In the last uh, two weeks, the Panthers are third in Corsi four per 60 minutes. Okay, 17th in Corsi against per 60 minutes. But that's middle saying. of the road. That's uh, middle of the road. Seventh in the league in Corsi four percentage. One, this is they, just the last two weeks of play. They have one win and six losses in their last seven Fourth games. In that's not middle of the road. 60 minutes. That's not middle of the road. 18th and expected goals against. So defensively, they are they have fallen off pretty significantly. Uh, offensively, they're still totally there. They're still right where they've been all season. Yeah, all right, I mean, and it's better than I thought, but it's still and their shot shares. Their shot share is still top five. Uh, expected goal share. They're seventh uh, in the league in the last two weeks. Uh, and this is these are just just limited, literally from November 16th to November 30th. The data based on that date range. Fair so. enough. I guess I'm letting my eye test cloud what the numbers are saying because to me it seems like they've been playing much worse hockey yeah. over the last month. <clears throat> yeah, I mean it's Let's it's been worse, but also like 
you know, you, I, I would have expected that because of the level of competition, like based on what the stats are saying, like, I don't think that we should really have adjusted our expectations from what we said at the beginning of the year, maybe like the fact that they were like, what, four and one after five games. I can't remember exactly what it was. I think it was three, one and one. Interesting. Yeah. So like the, 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 the very beginning of the season, they were they were going very well, and all the analytics were just off the charts. But if we go back to the very beginning of the season, before the puck was dropped, we were generally talking about this team like it was a comfortable getting into the playoffs, but also like not really much of a test in the first round for the team that eventually beats them. I don't think we were saying that. I think we were saying, hey, they're a team that's going to comfortably get into the playoffs, and then we'll see from there. Okay, but fair enough. E- e- either way, this is a team we all thought would be somewhere in the 97 to 100 point range. Yeah. And especially with all the points they've dropped this season to teams they had no business losing to, whether you want to call it the talent on the ice or just what the expected goal share was for that night. Like this is now a team that is going to be staring 93 to 96 points in the face and hoping they can get lucky. Like they keep eh. dropping points. I mean, that's a possible outcome, but I would still say ninety-seven to a hundred is more likely. Uh, I'm just not seeing it from this team right now. I guess I'll that's- be the, I'll be the negative one right now, but I'm just not seeing it. Like, I'll, I'll move away from numbers. Like, they can't find guys to make winning plays right now. Perfect example is Edmonton. You had you had to win one faceoff or one puck battle. In nine seconds, yeah, and you lose them, and McDavid finds uh, uh, Bouchard, Bouchard, right? Yeah, Bouchard. Yeah. Uh, McDavid finds Bouchard for a one time wide open. Spen- Spencer and I had no child on. Okay, I want to talk about that for a second because everyone's killing Sam Reinhardt. The issue with that, I mean, Sam Reinhardt probably could have been positioned a little bit better, better to make that pass harder for McDavid. The problem is, is if he is right on top of Bouchard. As soon as McDavid touches the puck, Bouchard dives to the net, and now it's a backdoor pass for an easy tap-in. So it's like you can't be right on top of the guy like everyone wants him. Like I've seen so many people with who, who whose hockey experiences I still play beer league and I count plus minus, where they're like they're saying, like, oh, Sam Reinhardt should have been right on top of Evan Bouchard. No, he shouldn't have. He should have been between Bouchard and the net. He probably should have been a little bit closer to make that pass so he can adjust when he sees the pass. But he, you know, on top of Bouchard is the wrong place to be because who, it gives who Bouchard. Who sees in- the pass though? Like, I'm not even sure McDavid sees the pass. I think well, it's honestly, I think it's honestly, but it was, I thought it was a hope and a prayer and the prayer was answered. No, McD- McDavid. No, McDavid. yeah, you gotta, you gotta give McDavid the respect. All right, but either uh, way, of, it's of, either it's of, either of, an answered prayer. It's either an answered prayer or it's McDavid doing a play that only McDavid can do. The the answer the answered prayer there, and I'm sorry to cut you off, TJ. I really do apologize. Go ahead. The no, answered no, prayer. I'm done. The answered prayer there was the puck just squirting free and going right to McDavid, who had you know had time to make a pass. Like that puck's in the in a bunch of skates, and Ekblad can't get it into the corner. Bennett can't get it into the corner. Forsling can't get it into the corner. McDavid has it, put us on Bouchard's stick, and it's a tie game. That was the hope of the prayer was that, you know, puck just bouncing everywhere and not 
you know, not ending up on a Panther stick to ice it. I mean, that's just, again, someone's got to make a winning play. Sam Bennett had two opportunities to end that game with a faceoff win, and he lost one clean, and and then where the Panthers got a bad luck where it went off Reinhardt's shin and out of play rather than off the boards, which would have also ended the game. Like, And then he got tied up on the second one, and Edmonton was able to win the puck battle. You had two chances to win the game with a faceoff, and you, and you blew it. Like, I know this podcast, we we all – you know, look down on face-off as a skill. But I think, you know, we're really missing Claude Giroux right now when it comes to key face-offs. I just have one other little analytical point to wrap up uh, comparing the beginning of the season to just the last two weeks. PDO and the pieces that go into it. In the first, uh, from the beginning of the season up until November 15th, the Panthers' PDO was 985 which is not good, and you would expect that to level off, as in come up. Since November 16th, the Panthers' PDO, 9.55. Yeah, because of the goaltending. Because of the goaltending. Yeah, the goaltending's been really bad. From the beginning of the season to November 15th, the Panthers had the 10th best team save percentage in the league and the 32nd ranked shooting percentage in the league. Since November 16th, Shooting percentage has come up quite a bit to uh, to 19. 19th best shooting percentage in the league. Still not great. This is now across all situations, by the way, not just five on five. Uh, still not great, but a significant improvement from the beginning of the season. The goaltending, on the, in, in, on the other hand, has fallen from 10th ranked team save percentage to 31st. Yeah, this team cannot get it going at the same time, everyone as at once. As soon as our shooting improved, the goaltending yeah. tanked. Yeah. And I, that's like why I, I just cannot really find it within me to say that like there are underlying issues that are causing them to be much worse than they were expected to be. Because if that were the case, there would be something consistently going bad. Right. Or like if they had, you know, a good run then you would be very easily able to point to like, oh, it's because, you know, Reinhardt had 10 shots and scored five goals or Knight had a 950 in those five games that they won four of. But that hasn't happened. Like when they've won, it's because they outplayed their opponent and the goaltending didn't sink them. And they managed to score, you know, three goals on 40 shots. Yeah. And when they've lost, it's because... They scored one goal on 40 shots or they gave up five goals on 12 shots. Yeah. It's generally the Edmonton game. I feel like was the only game in which they got good goaltending scored on the, on, you know, a reasonable amount of shots and still lost. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was the one game all I think all year where you can say the Panthers stole a point. Yes, for sure. Stoll is a little bit aggressive, but didn't I deserve. Disagree. I agree. Didn't deserve. I, they they had no business being ahead late in that game. Right. Yeah, I agree with that. So that's why I say they stole a single point, even though they were up by a goal yeah. with nine seconds. I wouldn't left. say they had. I wouldn't say they had no business being tied. Is more so what I'm trying to say. Right. Either way, uh, Spencer Knight got them a point they did not deserve, and that's again. Panthers this year, they're not getting they're not getting the points they deserve 
and they're not getting points when they don't deserve them. And hence why mm-hmm. we have a team that is fluttering at, at the, at around 500. Yeah. And if this is still the case, like 70 games in, then I'm going to well, throw out this. 70 games in is too late. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, but I understand that. <laughs> I was going to say 40 like we, games in. We don't have the power to change it anyway. So I'm not too worried about that. But like, not if to this rehash happened, an old mantra, uh, the Panthers are two points out. <laughs> yeah, they're very, they're very lucky. They're, they're still right on the cusp and they, right, they are lucky to be there. They're very lucky that the East is not like last year where there's teams that are clearly better than everyone else and are running away with it. Like there are, but like not eight of them. And right. for what it's worth, ahead of the Panthers in wild card one, Detroit, yeah. who the Panthers have not yet played this year. No. They Those also will, haven't yet. Unfortunately, played. the Detroit games will be very important games for the Panthers. Yeah. I can't believe we're at a point where we have to say that. That things have shaped shaped up in a way where the Panthers yeah. games against the Red Wings, which you would expect to be like almost chalk up to academic to a certain extent. You never you can never like take a game easily, but you I would not expect the Panthers to need to beat Detroit in order to reclaim a playoff spot. Yeah. Look, man, if they, they win four of their next five, like we're gonna be not talking like this at all. It's uh, honestly really interesting. The Panthers, their schedule, they've either within played their the, next five is the first game against Detroit. Hey, they've either played the, the top teams in, in East, either the East or the West, or the bottom teams. Like they've got very few games against those like wild card slash third, you know, third in the e, third in the division teams. It's it's so it's been yeah. a strange we, schedule we so far. Better not fucking lose to the Canucks. They better I, they might. I know they might. Mm. Better fucking not. Better fucking yeah. not. No. Not on the Wongo it, Ring of Honor night. Oh, I I will have words if the Panthers manage to lose to the Canucks. That will I not mean, be vibes, pretty for me. The vibes are bad right now. So like, oh, the vibes are the vibes are terrible. You can so. see it on their faces. Like this is so different than last year, where it was like down four zero, like that Huberto mentality of fuck it, we can come back, like. This team, like a bad thing happens to them, and Stop they it. start to crumble. Don't tell me I'm wrong. Don't don't give him any credit. Well, I, I was. I'm in too many Twitter fights because I was trolling about Huberto last night. Fair enough. Okay, we won't give Huberto credit, but like that mentality. Like, how many times did we see it last year where they'd be down a goal or two in the third period, and they would just flip that switch and say, "All right, fuck it, we're going to take 20 shots. This take 20 high quality shots this period." You're going to get two. We're going to have the puck the entire time. And the entire third period is going to look like basically the Argentina-Poland game today. Oh, man. Yeah, that yeah, Argentina-Poland like, game today. But I how many they, times do we see the Panthers do that? I don't oh, – sorry. Sorry, TJ. I keep cutting you off. No, no, no. I was just going to say that I think the XD differential was three. Continue. Yeah. But, but that's what the Panthers were doing all the time last year. They can't do it at all this year. Name one time – where they for like an entire period was just like an onslaught of high quality chances. And you were just like, I don't know how this team is going to hold on. Like eventually the dam is going to break and they're going to get two or three goals. Like they're just not doing it. They, they well, don't they've done it. This team. they've done it. First, this season. first period against St. Louis. They've done it this season, but it's gone away in the last two weeks. I don't even know if it's that because how many shots did they, 
I want to see what the let me look what their XG was in that game because I don't think it was as good as some. It of the wasn't. Games it wasn't crazy. No, but they should have won that game. And no, they should have won that game. I don't like the the goals that Knight gave up to get the Blues back into it. The fourth goal was on the bad defending, but like Knight makes saves that he should make on or or goal number two was more so about him not tracking mm-hmm. the puck, but. He makes a save on on Cairo instead of that like top of the circle shot beating him clean. Yeah. For the so, record, the Panthers total XG for that game according to Money Puck was 2.9. Yeah. But to my credit, about half of that 2.9 was generated in the first period alone. They Fair they enough. came out of the first period with about a goal and a half and 1.5 oh, yeah. XG. Yeah. It's hard to get it's hard to get a lot of XG quickly. It's not right. easy. Okay. So that's why when you say, have we seen a period like that? Yes, the first period against St. Louis. Okay, I'll concede. I it was stand the by it. No, I'll concede. I'm on I'll a roll tonight. Let's go. Well, well played. High five. Well played. Yeah, like you got me on that one. But I, but my overall point isn't wrong. They haven't found no. that gear much this year. No. Like, And it's definitely not happening in the third period. The team has not found that gear. There are a couple of players who can get there. Oh yeah, Carter Verhage is done. Carter fucking Verhage. Matthew Kachuk. Matthew Kachuk. Matthew Kachuk again because Montour. he's doubling. Even he's doubling Montour, up yeah. everybody else's contributions. Matthew Kachuk again. Chucky pacing for about 110 points this season for the record. Yeah. He should be in the Hart Trophy conversation. The, if the team ever gets their back in the playoff spot around, yeah. for that to happen. Panthers need to get their head out of the ass for that to be a possibility. I mean, like just like when he steps on the ice, how much better they are. Than when oh. he's not on the ice is it's it's remarkable. Yeah, I, I I don't want to spend too much more time on Matthew Kachuk because I do. Like it's just not. I don't know. It's just I don't. I don't feel like being too positive in this podcast. It's just like yeah, he's we're been not, everything we're, and we're advertising. Not, it's less so being positive, more being objective. Objectively, okay. though, though the team has been bad, Matthew yeah. Kachuk has been phenomenal. Yeah, and what does that say about the rest of the team? That this guy is like dragging them around to yeah, 500. Which is why he should be in the heart conversation once the right. Panthers are back in a playoff spot. Right. Yeah. APB Sasha Barkov. Yeah, you know, non-COVID illness. Well, custody battle. <laughs> that, All right. Well, you're liking I, that voice today, DJ. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> All right, so I guess I got to repeat myself on this. Hello, my name is Alejandro Emilio Lopez. I am an attorney in the state of Florida. You know what that means? I know how to do basic shit like look up a docket. This is all public information. Yep. Yes. Sasha Barkov is in a, I don't know if it's a custody battle, but it's just because the docket is sealed because it involves a minor, but it is a, he's establishing his parental rights because he is not married. Therefore he actually has to actually has to establish that the child is his before he can get parental rights. This is all stuff you have to do in a, in court like it just is even though like his name is on the birth certificate i'm assuming this like that's what you got to do he's establishing his parental rights that is in litigation in palm beach county what is not going on right now is there's no hearings because when you have a hearing in court you what what has to be filed is called a notice of hearing anyone want to guess what a notice of hearing is it's a notice that there's going to be a hearing yeah at a specific but Date and time, right? Yeah. Sure. If you, you know say what, so. You know what hasn't been filed in Sasha Barkov's case? A notice of a hearing. Not a single one. 
not one by the judge, not one by the judge, not one by Barkov's attorney, not one by Bar- the mother of Barkov's child's attorney. Sorry, I'm trying to not use the term baby mama as you know, because we're just trying to be respectful to all parties here. Mm-hmm. No the one's filed a notice of hearing. Therefore, there's no hearing this week. He's not missing the game because of a, a custody dispute. And he's not missing the game because of a damn Instagram post. Like, <laughs> he's got an illness, guys. Now, do we want to talk about how all of this off-ice drama is affecting his play? We could. I don't really feel like it. But the fact is, Barkov is sick right now. But he's also not been Sasha Barkov this season. Yes, early on, his analytics were good. But, like, he just hasn't been himself. He's 20 games into the season. Yeah. And he's not producing like the Sasha Barkov of the last four years. Uh, yeah. For the record, just to kind of shut the door on the Matthew Kachuk conversation, uh, fourth in the league in goals above replacement, 20th in expected goals above replacement. Can I can I do one quick thing about Huberto just to back you up? And let me preface this by saying that like I still root for Huberto. I have oh, absolutely. absolutely no. Yeah, I unless have, the unless it's the Panthers against the Flames, me too. But just like, why do people have to be annoying about it? So here's where we're gonna go. Uh, Nick Cousins eight five on five points. Radko Gudis six five on five points. Jonathan Huberdeau six five on five points. Yeah, who would have been a power play merchant? Nick Cousins um, better. <laughs> absolutely. Like now, do Matthew Kachuk. <laughs> Matthew Kachuk like, has 16. That's the good points. shit. It's like the Panthers clearly have the best player in the deal, but I think you could honestly say right now, both teams lost the deal in terms of performance on the ice. Yeah. But like, you could also, was, you could also make an argument. Flames that aren't both, doing that great. They're not. Yeah. But no, you could also make Matthew an argument. Matthew Kachuk is. I'm the Panthers team performance. P- team performance, Jacob. Not player yeah, performance. you could say yeah, like, but oh, that's, they, that's not a they have a, a weaker good shaped objective ball. way to analyze a trade. No, it's not. I'm just saying it's all in their lineup. You know, something like that. <sighs> I, I, I'm just saying the Panthers have the better player in getting the performance out of Matthew Kachuk, but like the team performance isn't matching what you're getting from Matthew Kachuk, and that has nothing to do with Kachuk. It has to do with everything around it. It's just like, yeah, you know, usually when you see monumental trades like this, one team is like rocketing up the standings and the other is not, or both teams rocket up the standings. Both teams are sinning in mediocrity. And that's just very strange for a trade of this magnitude. I just wanted to say like both teams were so unbelievably good last year. Like you had to expect some regression. Yeah. Like for both to be, I, I, the flames are one of my president's trophy picks for this year. I still think that I still think they'll be fine. Like all their analytics are also very good. They are back in a playoff spot. I mean, they have a basically the same record as the Panthers. Like, they're the teams are so similar this year. They are ten nine and three. We are ten nine and four. Yeah, they just play like, in the West, which also means that we have more standings points than they do. Suck it, we win the trade. Yay! Maybe that's what I should show to all the people who, because I made that one joke about Jonathan Huberto not being able to score on a breakaway against Bobrovsky. And I got, unsurprisingly, uh, a few Flames fans being like, basically giving me scoreboard tweets. Uh, Maybe I should respond to those with standings tweets because the Panthers are ahead of the Flames in the standings. 
maybe I was wrong about them having good analytics because they are like very mediocre in all situations XG percentage. But their five on five course is good. I guess that's a little bit more predictive. Yeah, so I I wouldn't say I'm freaking out about the Flames quite yet, but you know, uh, Jonathan Huberto so far. I wish he was playing better. I'll put it that way. Yeah. Uh, do you guys want to talk about Paul Maurice at all? Not worth it. What What is tangibly? How much, how much weight do we put on press conferences? Oh, none. None. none I don't but, care. None. But the care. message is sent is so bad. I don't care. Like I, I disagree. I, I, I like I will let you have a platform, but I just want to preface it by saying I personally don't care. It just sends such a bad message to the team. Like it, it just sends us such bad vibes to just be like, oh, we're not winning because we, we're missing Barkov. Like the problems are just so much deeper than that. You don't have to go into it. Like you could just say, hey, look, we don't have it right now. We got to figure it out. But like to just hand wash it all away saying, oh, we don't have Barkov. Like, I don't know. It just sends off such bad vibes to me. Like it's 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 clearly a bullshit answer. And if this was any other market than South Florida, you wouldn't get away with it. I don't know what his Winnipeg press conferences were like, so I can't really confirm or deny that. I'm not going to rule out there being chance at the next home game. I'm not saying people should do it, but... But here's an idea. <laughs> no, I just, like, I know, it's, remar- it's remarkable. Like I, don't I wonder what would happen if at the next home game, Panthers fans started a Fire Maurice chant. I don't think I've ever seen... I wonder what would happen... This is purely me being curious, not making a suggestion. I think that this is like the first time I've seen like soccer style, like people want the manager sacked less than halfway into their first season, which is really only something that I think happens in international soccer. I, I, yeah, you're not wrong, TJ. And I'm sorry, I I keep cutting you off. I apologize. Please. No, 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 it's fine. It's fine. But, like, I don't know what the tangible thing that I'm supposed to be super pissed off about is other than the stall shit, which is very upsetting, which we've talked about at length at how detrimental it's been. But otherwise, like, he's not the one that's coaching Bob to tell him not to stop pucks. And I don't think I can really blame him for them not scoring on grade A chances either. I mean, I'll say this. I'm not a fan of the tweaks he made to the offense. I'm not a fan of the mantra of get pucks to the net and battle. No, I hate that. Like, right. But that's, that's what he changed this year was, Hey, we want to get shots. We want to get dirty goals. So let's focus on that. And all of the creativity from this offense is gone. Like they take so many shots from the perimeter. Now we saw the, the, the shot share charts from hockey viz. Like, there's so much red from the perimeter now. Yes, they're still getting shots in front, but there's just so much red from the perimeter. They're not like, there's just not generating enough quality for all the shots they do take. I don't like that change. This is a team that was able to just absolutely steamroll people with speed and skill uh, on the rush and in, you know, and cycling in the zone to we've just become a, a shoot, a, you know, a perimeter shot and crash the net team. And I don't like it. And it's also why I really want, you know, Jack Hand back on. And I know we've been trying to get him, but like, I want him to tell me, is my eye test right here? Is my eye test right here that Maurice has just changed the system to a point where it's not the same offense anymore. 
Or is this a simple issue of, hey, they lost Mackenzie Weger, who was a big a big generator of offense off the rush for this team, and Aaron Eckblad has been a shell of himself, and therefore they can't run and gun the way they used to. Like I need Jack Hanna to tell me that because I'm not I'm not smart enough to know that answer. I will say, um, I'm looking at the at the team's hockey viz chart right now. Me too. The two most common spots that the Panthers uh, take shots from at five on five are right in the goalie's face and the top of the left circle. I don't think they're taking that many shots from right in the goalie's face. It seems like it's the slot. That's the deepest red, though. Isn't it the slot, though? Like, it seems I, yeah, like they I guess gotta... it's just outside the blue paint. Yeah. But yeah, they're like still the... getting to a dangerous area. like The low and... slot. Yeah. Give me a link here. Uh, if you don't have a HockeyViz subscription, I don't think you can actually look at these charts. No, you can look at these. You can look oh, at these. Okay. I'm, well, looking I'm, at looking at, I'm looking at finishing right now. That's whatever you guys sent me. Yeah, I just sent that. I think that's kind of interesting. So that shows where they're scoring more goals from. and Or you just have a higher shooting percentage than the rest of the league. And if you get in tight, there's a lot of blue, which goes to show like their shooting percentage from in tight is right now like not very good. Well, also not get- well we also knew that already. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but I, also... mean, I don't. I think that goes to show that the low shooting percentage is not just like, and I'm not saying that Alex was saying this, but I don't think that that's a factor of oh, it's just they're they're spamming point shots, it's muffins for the goalie, it's you know the, the, they shouldn't be expected to score more goals. No, oh, I, 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 I'm not saying they're only taking muffins. I mean, the Columbus game they only took muffins, but yeah. you know, last year there was no blue in front of the net, like literally right in, front of the into, in the crease. There's blue. There was like, yeah, you're looking at last year's, right? I sure am. Yeah. We, we yeah, had this conversation more. on the podcast before, but like, it's just gotten worse since then. Yeah. But I, a bad team doesn't have that kind of offensive chart. No, no, it's not but a good Lord last year's. It's not a bad offensive chart, but what change? I want to know what changed where last year's was like all time great to this year. It's solid. But it's not all time great anymore. Is it because yeah. Huberto and Uyghur are gone, or no. is it because the system changed? It's because the system changed. Well, is it because Huberto and Uyghur are gone, or is it because Huberto, oh. Uyghur, Marchment, Drew? No. no. Well, no, because the I, Drew, Drew and Marchment, no, just because they they didn't play enough games. Like the Marchment got to, to the front of the net. A lot. He did. Yeah, he in the like fifty games game. he played. But the Panthers he, were steamrolling teams without those guys. Right. He missed a third of the season, and the Panthers were top of the league with the best offensive metrics before trading for Claude Giroux. Those guys are not why the Panthers were as good as they were. They were certainly pieces, but they were not why. I mean, oh, Lindell and Reinhardt lately, especially Lindell and Reinhardt have been just as good now as they were last year with Marchment. Yeah, I don't know about that. Like I've been disappointed I do. with Lindell this year. This you shouldn't year. be. Not recently. I don't know. Maybe it's just me being on an island and having no real reason and confirmation biasing my way to that opinion. But <laughs> I would. Li- I would like to see more. 
like I said, I I, I would I'm da- dying to get Jack Hand back on because mm-hmm. he's way smarter than the three of us combined when it comes to hockey tactics, and I want him to tell me like, is you know what what the definitive reason is it Maurice is it the personnel what is it a combination I what mean is going on with this offense I. I- I personally think that it's just deeply unsatisfying to say what is the most likely answer, which is just that it's been unlucky and like something's going to twist into place. And like, yes, I I noticed that there are, are changes that I'm not necessarily in favor of. They don't explain going from the president's trophy to under 500. Yeah. Nothing yeah. that I think Maurice has done explains that nothing that bill zito has done explains that even the stall brothers stuff which we really don't agree with explains that like and there's nothing that they've done to explain why bob was an above average starter last year like close to top 10 goalie in the league last year to i cannot remember ever witnessing an NHL goaltender play as poorly as he did last night. Like I'm not, I'm genuinely not exaggerating. Bring up a performance in NHL history that you were more shocked by in a negative way. I don't know any of the goalies who played last night in that cracking Kings game because they were terrible. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. But I I mean, they got to the slot a lot. You're not, you're not wrong. That was a really bad game from Bob. There was like three goals that just had no business going into the net. And yeah, it was really bad. Uh, um, yeah, and that's just it's just deeply unsatisfying to say all that stuff when, like, you know, it, it makes a lot of sense to say, is Paul Maurice coming in here and doing good stuff? Uh, like, I can't point to anything that he's doing and saying, you know what, this is an evidence of a good process, this is evidence of good coaching. There's none of that there, but it's more so just like what impact does coaching really have? Like, you know, yes. If, if there was a total imposter that came in there that didn't know anything about coaching hockey, like a, like a real life Ted Lasso, you would notice for sure. Like they would, they would have a big drop off, but you know, let's say that brunette was the best possible coach for them last year. And then all of a sudden they got the 32nd best coach in the NHL, which wouldn't be like a massive drop off from the other 31. Let's just say like normal distribution. They had the 32nd best coach. How much worse does that make them really? I don't know. Like, I I don't know how important coaching is. I I think tactics matter. I think tactics matter. A lot of the other stuff is secondary, you know, the rah-rah, how you are in the room, all that, you know, what you say in your speeches, tactics matter. And I need to to know why the Panthers can't run and gun the way they did last year. I need to know why. Whether it's just not the system they're playing anymore or they don't have the people to do it. I know I keep repeating myself, but I need the answer to that question. Anthony Duclair is the answer to your question. That's certainly one of the answers. Yeah, but you know they're going to have to figure that out. And apparently, you know, we're finally starting to hear the answer to it. That you know, Zito did make a promise to Hornquist. So what the fuck are they going to do? Break your promise to Hornquist. 
Unpopular opinion. Trade Radko Gudis. Oh, I don't think that creates enough room. It does though. He makes more money. He makes. Oh wait, no, he doesn't make more money. It does not. And also, so there is actually a case to be made for trading Gudis. Uh, It's that he's playing out of his mind this year, and he will never have more trade value than he does right now. Yeah, my. But, Honestly, you might have to just say like whatever happens <clears throat> happens this season. Like they're not going to yeah, win the top. No, the reason you don't trade Gudis right now uh, is because trading him does not, in and of itself, do anything for you. Like Bennett, you, just, you Bennett, you could trade. It opens up cap space that you can actually do something with, or you could get an asset back for him. Well, Gudis, Gudis, if you're trading Gudis, it's because you're a seller at the deadline and you're recouping a draft pick with it. It's a yeah. it's a contract year. And if he is not on this team at the end, at uh, the beginning of next season, I'm honestly not going to be super upset about it because no, you shouldn't be. Like I, I just don't know how long you can replicate this re- this kind of result in your mid 30s. Like right. just yeah. the fact that he's playing this well right now, I, I couldn't have predicted. Well, I mean, he's doing the exact same thing he did his first year with the Panthers two seasons ago, where it was Radko Goat ass, where he was just like one of the best defensemen in the league, surprisingly. And then by defenders, the end of the year, he's not one of the best defensemen in the league. Yeah, but okay, I defenders. think I understand. Yeah, but like his goals above replacement, like the first half of his first season with the Panthers was like ungodly good. And then the season wore on, he wore down and he was fine to solid, yeah. you know, the second half of the year in the playoff round. Like it's Radko Gudis has not shown he can play at this level for a long, sustained period of time. Yeah, I don't think like, you trade him now because it doesn't do anything like Jacob said. But if you're a seller at the deadline, Radko Gudis, fine, go. Um, Patrick Hornquist, someone's going to want him for a playoff run, and then you're not breaking. But the- they promised him. Yeah, but you're not breaking the promise. Then you're sending him there for a one last cup run, and it's with his, it's it's with his blessing. That's it's a different story entirely when you're out of it. But again, that's a long way to go, and a lot more so. Yeah, and like I said, like. I don't think they're going to be out of it. Like I, I no. think yeah, going that's, to be... that's the other thing. If, if, if we get to a point in the season where we're talking about, where we're seriously talking about being sellers at the deadline, uh, we are not being as casual about it as we are being right now. Yeah. There'll be a lot more anger. Heads should roll. If the Panthers are sellers at the deadline and they probably will. I mean, if, if the, if the fan base is this unified in their just absolute hatred of Paul Maurice now, Imagine if they're sellers at the deadline. Like every single night, there's going to be one of those, you know, fire Maurice chants like they were in New Jersey. And, you know, maybe it'll get to the point where they have to apologize like they did in New Jersey. That would be that really so funny. funny. That would be that really was funny. funny. But that's not going to happen. Yeah. I mean, cross your fingers. We've been wrong before. Like I would have said, oh, you know, it's not going to happen. I don't know what Sam you're talking Bennett's about. Gonna be, yeah. Sam Bennett's going to be a good player. Like, what are you, what are you talking about? Brandon Montour. He was so bad in Calgary, but like no. Brandon Montour was good once. Sam Bennett was never good. In yes, the he was. No, he wasn't. Not in the NHL. Right. Yes, he was. All right. No, he was. He was not. Look at his hockey his charts. He was not bad. Can we talk about one other thing? That thing that I sent you guys on Thanksgiving? Quickly. I'm okay. tired. I'm tired too. <laughs> um, for those of you who are upset about the lack of fights for the Florida Panthers this year, and think they need an enforcer. Which I actually is nobody found, listening to this. Which is nobody listening to this. Yeah, that's a great point. <laughs> so I'll make it really fast then. Basically, there was a long form article by some Canadian betting site 
that wanted to see if there's any correlation whatsoever to fighting slash winning fights and winning hockey games. And there's not, it's completely random. Like you're either good or you're bad. Like you can either fight a lot and win, or you can fight a lot and lose. It's completely random. Like you have teams that have a bunch of fights that are at the bottom of the standings, some that are at the top and the people, the teams that have the least amount of fights, some are at the top of the standings, some are at the bottom. There's zero correlation to be between fighting and winning games. So shut the fuck up about it. I, can, I can think of a few people who need to read that article. That are they not have, listening to this. They're not listening to this. I will not be naming names at this time. Right. Okay, Jake, I'll read it. God. <laughs> All right. There is one more thing I want to mention, but I don't think this will be a long discussion. Like, prayers up. Chris Letang suffered yeah. a, a yeah. stroke. And yeah. second really stroke nothing, of his NHL career. There's really nothing to say other than like, I hope this isn't the end of his career. Uh, obviously, I hope this isn't the end of his life. Like, you know, they said he's fine. Like, yeah, yeah. The, Peng- the Penguins did come out and say that they don't believe this to be career threatening. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've, I've, I'm personally like, I, I don't find myself worrying about that too much. Like, I do want to just put that out there, though. Like, that's the most important thing. Hopefully he'll be able to step back onto the ice at some point. Maybe it's even going to be soon. Like it's not going to be this week, but like maybe he'll play again this year. And, you know, if this is the end of his career, you know, it's been a very distinguished hall of fame. Hall of fame. Yep. Yeah. Dunk slam dunk hall of fame. And, you know, it, it would be very sad to see one of the best defensemen of his generation go, you know, for health reasons It would be a lot like, you know, Chris Bosch having to, leave the heat because of uh, his health issues. And, yep. you know, he, he went into the hall of fame, even still uh, Latang will definitely do so as well. And uh, just best of luck with the recovery. And we re- we really want to see you back out there, but only when you can be a hundred percent sure your, your health will be fine. Interesting thing about Chris Latang's hall of fame bid. Uh, <laughs> I, I knew he had never won a Norris. He's only ever been a finalist once. I think that's, that's part health wise. Like he, he never yeah. plays eighty two games. Like those rewards, you have to play you know seventy five plus games to really be in the conversation. Yeah, I feel he's like only he played, never he's only played eighty two once in his career. Yeah. Uh, uh, one two. I'll let you guys get your final words in while Jacob counts five got... times. He's broken seventy games, but yeah. that's a yeah. in he seventeen years the... he's only played more than seventy games five times. He hasn't had the one season where like he was just like the far and away best defenseman in the NHL, but like yeah, he's had what like now a fifteen year career in which 17. he's been like at least yeah, where he's been like a top fifteen defenseman in all of them. Yeah, and like. You know, maybe you can say he's a compiler, but yeah. you you compile this, you're a Hall of Famer. Yeah, yeah. and cups. All right. Uh, cups. Anything? Anything else, guys? Or can I? Can yes. I finish this off? One on more thing. Uh, we each we each get one little thing. Uh, I just want to give a quick shout out to uh, to my buddy Audie James. Uh, I went on his show Game Over Calgary on the Steve Dangle Podcast Network after the Panther Slams games last night. Uh, had a ton of fun, great time, always a great time with Audi. Uh, if you weren't able to catch that show live, uh, which wouldn't surprise me because it was past midnight uh, Eastern time. Well, I guess we went live around 11.45 p.m. Eastern time, but still uh, late for many of our listeners. Uh, 
that show that episode is up on youtube on the sdpn youtube channel so if you want to catch that check it out and thanks again to audi for having me on i recommend that uh highly recommend it okay my happy note before we wrap this out here guys as frustrating as this panther season is as really pissed off as we are about the results so far there's a senator showcase podcast with three guys talking about a team with 13 points and they lost again tonight oh better than the panthers guys Man, like, if you had told me that the Panther season was going this way, like, when we were firing off those tweets, I would have been like, man, Senators are better than the Panthers. And then you could show me the Senators season so far, and I would start laughing. I mean, they're not, they're, they're, you know, they're not this bad. Like, the, the underlying numbers for them are okay. Not good, but like, you know. I guess it's like the right fan base to happen to. Like they got way too high on their own supply and you know, <laughs> they had to get taken back to earth. It's the again. right fan base for this to happen to. Well, yeah, That's because so they mean they, they, well, yeah, they were so they kind of full of themselves. They, they were kind of deserve it so hard. Yeah. yeah. It's like, a minority, like obviously, but you know, if you really thought it was like a hot PR summer, yeah man like alex you were completely right like they they blew their load too early they really did all right that's it uh rate us five stars on amazon because it's black friday it's it's the couple cyber days after cyber wednesday Monday. Yeah. yeah cyber wednesday so rate us five stars small there. business thursday small business thursday rate <sighs> us five stars on fifa.com web store where you get your official, unofficial World Cup gear. Saturday, 10 a.m., USA versus Holland. We're going to yeah. smoke them. We're and then going smoke to... some other stuff that's legal in Holland. Yes, Actually, that's I right. get yeah. it. Then we're going to take the stuff they smoke. Uh, all right, we're out of here. Thanks for listening, guys. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct-to-Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more.